0: Before we begin today's show, Sport Clips Haircuts makes it more convenient than ever to get a haircut. They're now introducing Amazon Alexa and Google Nest device online check-in. You can enjoy features from Sport Clips website and their mobile app, check-in, and now even do it with just your voice. You save time by getting in line before you head to your favorite Sport Clips for your next haircut. Sport Clips, you choose the cut, they cut the weight. And after you get your haircut, which I got today, and I'm going to be honest with you, I got it low. It's my luxury during this time. I got a low cut because I don't want to have to put product in it every day. Anyway, you can get back to the comfort of your couch and continue watching reruns of the 1980s playoff games like Tim McMahon does. Uh, but then you can get tired pretty quickly. And if you want to keep the train going and watch more of the NBA's greatest games all night long, a five-hour energy shot can help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. With zero sugar, four calories, and a convenient portable size, it's the perfect pick-me-up for busy, hardworking people. And now it comes in what? We know. Two extra-strength tropical brand-new tastes, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious, and they can take you on a tropical on-the-go experience. Try them both. And then go online to shop the number 5 com. And use the code HOOP, H-O-O-P, to receive a one-time offer of 10% off your order. That's go to Shop5HourEnergy.com and use the code HOOP to receive a one-time offer of 10% off. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. Speaking of energy, who doesn't think of Zach Lowe when you hear energy? He's got it pouring from his pores. He He's is ubiquitous. Is that the right word? Ubiquitous? I don't know. Anyway, he shows every week on his podcast when he goes, welcome to... The Low Post, very energetic. You can download and subscribe the Low Post wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA. We have the A team here Jackie McMullen, Tim McMahon, our producer, Andrew Hahn, and the guy running the show is Troy Farkas in Connecticut. We are are all at home, because that's where you need to be right now. And uh, yet, we are still going to talk about the NBA. Um, then we'll start by saying hello to Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Brian. How are you? McMahon, how is your lean cuisine supply going?
1: Uh, pretty good. Actually, I just polished off a, a healthy choice, little Power Bowl, I think they call it. So I'm, uh, I'm ready to roll for this.
0: All right. Very good. Um, We actually had some NBA news today. Um, We're recording this Wednesday night. Um, Some pretty interesting interviews were done today. One um, by Michelle Roberts, the head of the NBA executive director, I think her title is, of the NBA Players Union with uh, Ramona Shelburne, uh, where she pushed back very strongly on the um, on people, uh, especially some politicians who have complained about NBA teams getting tests for the coronavirus, and uh, Adam Silver, um, who said some interesting things about the league. And I don't want to make the podcast all about the virus. I understand that that's important right now. But if you don't mind, I'd like to start with something. two things that Adam said uh, in his interview that he did with Rachel Nichols tonight on SportsCenter. And that interview, by the way, that Adam Silver interview is available on various ESPN platforms if you want to see it. It's, well, Jackie, you said you know, a second ago before we got on, you, 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 what impression did Adam make with you during that interview before we talk about what he said?
2: Well, one of the things I've always appreciated about Adam is that he's authentic. And I thought, again tonight, that authenticity showed through. He looked to me like a haggard, worried commissioner, Which is exactly what we would expect he would be, right? Because these are difficult times, uh, from um, all sorts of standpoints, from a health standpoint, obviously, for the state of our country, but also because he has to worry about these things from an economic standpoint for the NBA and his, and the, and the owners who are, you know, his, I guess we could call them his bosses. Uh, there's a, there was a lot of, uh, questions he couldn't answer tonight, which I understand, Brian, because, Um, No one has a crystal ball. I think we all can agree that the numbers we've heard regarding the number of people that have tested positive in our country are grossly unreported. Um, I can tell you in the state of Massachusetts, the numbers are still being um, recorded as in the hundreds. I think we know better than that. Um, And it is still extremely difficult to be tested for the coronavirus if you want to be tested in my state anyway. And so I think Adam understands all of those issues, addressed the ones he could address. And, of course, you know, there was a lot of I don't know. He doesn't know um, if they're going to go straight from uh, this this hiatus or this this whatever you want to call it into the playoffs when, you know, he can't possibly tell you when this season could resume. I, I believe him. Uh, I don't yeah. think anyone knows.
0: He, uh, he said something interesting tonight um, to go along those lines uh, when he was asked about the four – Brooklyn Nets testing positive, which was announced yesterday, meaning Tuesday. Um, He said he was not surprised because if you took any group of New Yorkers right Mm -hmm. now, he would expect there would be some positive tests in there.
2: Um,
0: uh, Before we actually get into the content of what he said, uh, McMahon, uh, how did you feel about, you know, it was a pretty important interview. Um, And and we, we let it run on SportsCenter for almost 25 minutes, which doesn't happen for anyone. That tells you how important it was.
1: No, I thought Adam Silver was everything you would hope that the commissioner or anybody in a major leadership standpoint would be. I thought he was calm. I thought he was he was measured. Uh, I I did think he was as transparent as he possibly could be. Um, Maybe danced a little bit on the on the on the testing issue, but that's obviously as extreme you know as extremely sensitive as you could imagine an issue being, but. You know, I I thought he was very transparent as far as, you know, what he's thinking about, you know, what, you know, he he doesn't know what resuming this could look like. But he he put out a few uh, things that are under consideration. You know, he doesn't know what the timetable is going to be. Um, I did think he kind of was very careful when he was asked a pretty direct question by Rachel about, hey, if, you know, if you guys do resume the season, how much of the regular season would you want to, because that's something that there's, I don't think there's consensus among the owners. And then uh, the other thing that I thought was really, really interesting was when she asked him basically straight up, could this shift the NBA calendar on a regular basis? He said, possibly we, you know, that is something we're
0: thinking about. Well, let's, let's, let's talk about that in a second, but I'm going to put the testing on the back burner um, until we get to the back of the podcast. But the first thing that he said that, really made my eyebrows shoot up was concept. And I I don't know how feasible this is. I don't know if this is something he's just saying pie in the sky or if this is something that is actually legitimate, but let's hope that it's something legitimate. He, he said that the return of the NBA may not be in the form of the, of the teams. He, he speculated that there was a possibility that a group of players, a subset to use his, his term. And I would assume they would be some um, Mm all-stars high profile players If they could go through testing and and quarantine and felt comfortable that they did not have the virus, that they could get together to play a game, uh, whether it was for charity or or something along those lines or goodwill, just because he wanted to um, get people, give the millions of basketball fans out there something to watch, something to feel good about, something to look forward to. Um, You know, I hadn't thought about that at all. That was a uh, very interesting uh, concept. Um, and uh, he said, because people are stuck at home and I think they need a diversion, they need to be entertained. And uh, he said he wanted to be, you know, he said they, he wanted to play a role in restarting the economy. What role can the NBA play? And um, Jackie, I thought that was a fascinating idea. I don't, again, I don't know if it's feasible, but uh, players want to play. And if they could do this, I'm sure they would
2: love to make it happen. Well, I agree with that. I think the problem is, how do you do it? Because we've been told across the uh, a country, no more than 25 people gathering in one spot.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And how, so how do you pull this off? I mean, it's no more than 10 where I live. <laughs> <laughs> well, no more tens. So 5-on-5, yeah, you know,
0: call your own fouls. I mean, it's 25 <laughs> here. Yeah, I like that idea.
1: Digital put me in,
2: coach. Put me in. Put them, I, uh, I, put,
1: put the, what are the little GoPro cams what, that you can yeah, attach yeah. to your head?
2: Right, but yeah. I, but again, I do think it's TV another app. indication that Adam is in tune with what everybody's feeling. I have a 23-year-old son who started a new job not that long ago. Uh, some seven six seven months ago he has friends who have started their jobs more recently and it was a really long frustrating day for he, his age group because people are getting laid off today guys i mean this is a real thing this the you know the the impending economic collapse of our country is a, is a is a lot feels a lot more real to me than nets players testing positive for the coronavirus it's a very real problem and so for adam to attempt to speak to that is you know is, is admirable. I just don't know if it's practical. There There's a real concern in this country about what's going to happen next. Right. We have
0: unknown. I don't think he means in the next 15 days. I no, don't, no, of course but, not. Of course right. not. Uh, whether it happens or not, I think it's a, it's a demonstration that they are already looking at out-of-the-box ideas. Um, and when it comes to restarting the season, um, I think we can all agree that nobody knows. Okay? The only thing... We have to go on, and is I've mentioned this before. I'll say it again: is what's happened in China. You know, they are going to restart in two week in a, a little in early April, but two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And the reason they're waiting that long is they had the players who are coming back from out of the country have to um, go through a two week quarantine. By the way, um, the situation in China is is stabilized. Uh, they're getting back to normal over there. And um they pretty much shut down as a country in, in late January. So it's something to to monitor. Um we'll be talking about that in coming weeks. But um one thing I will say is that when it comes to the time frame in the league, I know people are talking about well July, August. As far as I am concerned, when you get down to it, the the the, the last thing the NBA wants to do is cancel the playoffs. They will wait until, in my view, the last possible second to do that. Whether or not they have to play you know, a, a series of a single elimination games. They will not want to do that. And, and this, everything that we say, we all understand that, what the, that the health of the country is first. But let's just assume that and move on from that, for the sake of let's having a conversation. From my viewpoint, as long as the end of the NBA finals, the final buzzer is not on the first Sunday of the NFL. If it if it literally comes the mm-hmm. Saturday night before, well, that would be college football. But Literally comes within days before of the kickoff of the NFL's uh, weekend, first NFL weekend. I think the NBA would do it. I think they would go all the way into September. Of course, they're not actually going to say that right now, and nobody knows. But I think they really, really want, would want to make that happen. And would it be an asterisk title? Yes. This is going to be an asterisk title. That's the way it's going to be. But um, I think they've actually got some runway here. They've got time. Uh, they got more time than I think people realize. It, 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 they can go into September. And by the way, the NFL season might be delayed. Not the NFL season is delayed. The NBA season could go. They may have the finals in October. I, I'm telling you, I think that everything's on the table when it comes to that. And so um, I know we can't say that right now, now but, I th- but I think that's the truth. Speaking of everything
1: being on the table, get, getting back to China, which might be a kind of a guide here. Did you tell me that they are playing in only two cities?
0: Yes, as far as I understand, they are going to start in uh, in early April, and they're going to have all of their teams go to two different cities. Uh, uh, you know, a number of teams going to one city, a number of teams going to the other, and they're going to play each other in an empty arena. Um, you know, one of the cities is Dong Wan, mm-hmm. where I attended two games last summer. They have a... Out in the suburbs of this huge city, they have this glorious basketball-only arena. Um, it's it, it's glorious on the outside. When you get inside, it's not it's no NBA arena on the inside, but uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful structure. And they're going to just have all the teams play there. And I think what I was told, and again, I don't you have to give me some wiggle room on this that the teams are going to play four games a week. So my guess is they're going to play multiple games a night, and and different teams are going to play different nights and. And that's what they're going to do. And they're going to put them all on television and they're going to try to finish their season and then have their playoffs. And, and, um, that's, that's what they're going to do. And, and so, you know, that's not something that's out of the realm of possibility for, especially if you're not going to have fans.
1: Right. I mean, uh, I think everything is on the table here. Obviously there's a whole lot of stuff that needs to happen before you can even consider restarting the NBA season. But like the idea of, the east final or the east playoffs are all in one city and the teams are staying in one hotel and there will be a quarantine situation the same thing for the west in another city i mean this isn't like beyond the the realm of possibility
0: well and this is one of the things adam silver talked about is that crisis creates opportunity there's even some creative things they could do with the broadcast such as virtual reality stuff and and my guess is if they did that they the chinese are playing in basketball arenas but um it's possible he wouldn't even play in a basketball arena yeah, i mean in practice
2: all, facilities yeah there's plenty of choices i guys, do think the one guys they could play think, they could play it on a
0: sound stage <laughs> you know that, that's, I, that's meant to be maximized for the home viewer
2: i do think the one inevitable conclusion we can draw even at this early date is that there's no possible way that I see you can follow a traditional NBA schedule. It's just not possible. There's no, it's not possible to have this all wrapped up by June. Oh no. You know, 18th. So that brings me to another thing that I think is inevitable. And that is number one, the Olympics cannot go on. Right. How how are the Olympic games going to continue? You can't even have Olympic trials. So the Olympic games, it seems to me are headed for a postponement. And number two, That the NBA schedule will now go in to a cycle that will, I believe, will be permanent and will have some of the changes that we've discussed in the past. And that is a later start and a later finish and and NBA playoff games into the summer. I don't see how you avoid it.
0: Well, there's one way to avoid it, and that's to have back-to-back abbreviated seasons. But um, why would they do that? Especially, I mean, I can't well, imagine I, any I, scenario no, in which they uh, want to. Do that. I, I agree. Of course, I agree with you. But I mean, it, you know, it is. It should be mentioned that it's on the, that it can't be ruled out. And um, and you know, we talked about it last week. That's something that
1: had been discussed before right. this, and this might just kind of force them into an experimental phase. You know, I, from a business perspective, Christmas to you know whatever mid-August or whatever it would be, before in, you, to basically avoid the NFL as much as possible makes a ton of sense.
2: You know, when I used to work at Sports Illustrated, I, was, I used to write a weekly column for Sports Illustrated on NBA basketball. And when they hired me, um, and they hired me in the summer, and I was you know, excited, and they said, oh, yeah, uh, don't worry, don't even show up till January 1st. I said, yeah. what? They said, yeah, just enjoy yourself. We're not even going to start running anything till January 1st. And that was almost 20 years ago. So I think we've known for a while this is how this works.
0: There's also a concept that um, Adam mentioned this again also in his interview with Rachel right. that, you know, in the summer, nobody watched television. <clears throat> right. You know, all of, the, um, <clears throat> all of the network shows went on hiatus. Um, there was very little, like, um, television in the summer, you know, and there would be a, a few made-for-summer shows. But, it, you know, but that is just not true anymore. Um, Netflix and uh, Amazon and, and Hulu—they drop shows all year round. <laughs> uh, they're, it's all on demand. It, it doesn't. Um, it, that, the, the, the basics of the calendar, were what the NBA schedule was built on, aren't necessarily true anymore. The other thing is, is that the NBA season or the NFL season, I should say, is expanding a little bit and getting longer itself. And so. Um, I don't know which direction it's going to go. I, I wonder if it's going to start sooner because or, 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 you know, they're going to a 17th game, if I'm not mistaken. They just approved uh, it. I would be very surprised if it started
2: sooner. It's not going to start sooner, especially in light of what we're dealing with here. That's, well, that's, right. That's but I mean,
0: just saying it's one thing to consider um, as the NBA uh, looks at their thing. But I I, I thought it was interesting that, that he was willing to say that. And, um, you know, the one thing that uh, – I've mentioned this before, you know, he's really tried to implement change, but he's just run into, you know, every single ownership, every single team has their own set of circumstances. It's Mm -hmm. just so hard to get them aligned on major change. Like for any uh, major operation, it's it's hard to move the country in certain directions. It's hard to move, you know, conglomerates in certain directions. They're just, they're hard to maneuver. And so that you have to, you know, so many people put out these ideas and I throw water on them all the time. If you listen to this podcast, you've heard me say it. I go, "Give okay, 20 owners have to say yes to me. Tell me why you're going to get anywhere close to 20. Well, in this case, because of the stress of the situation, he's going to get a little bit of a blank check. The owners are going to have to acquiesce to certain things. Well, and, and uh, in
1: this case, it can't be a tw- it, it, the vote can't be 20 because you're going to have to do something, right? It's got to be yes or no and majority rules. But like it's you know, we're talking about shifting the calendar. You know, I mean there's going to be and let's knock on wood and and say it's a best case scenario and mid June's a realistic time to start, there's going to be some heated discussion, I would say, on how much of the regular season games to, to fit in. There are there are going to be teams. That especially small market teams that fulfilling their local TV contract is going to be more important than a full playoffs. And so that's going to be hopefully a scenario that we see unfold because that would mean that things have gotten a lot better over these next couple of months.
2: It's a fair point. It's a fair point. that teams that, you know, when the season resumes and let's say you only, let's just arbitrarily say eight to 10 regular season games, maybe that's too many, do you think? I don't know. Let's just arbitrarily say that. If you're a team that's already out of the playoffs and aren't going to make the playoffs, um, with they're with the mathematically be eliminated with you only have such a small amount of, of games, you know, their whole view of this is going to be different than someone who's just planning for the postseason. Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, again, it's about local TV contracts. Right. Exactly. Ideally, it would be about being able to get the gates, but, you know, we'll see about all that. There's a pretty good chance that it would have to be no fans anyway.
0: Yeah. The, however, it's still potentially exciting. Um, challenging in a historical context, challenging for the players who are certain, who are used to certain things, but still potentially exciting. Um the and concept and, you know, of it all happening that way
2: and it's it's you know if you look at it, when we pause when we hit the pause button here who was hot who was not wipe it all out yeah wipe it all out and you know and, the sixers who cares what they were before ben simmons has got all this extra time to be healthy right. um, and b who i maintain could have used a break just like this has time to be healthy uh in the west you know I think if you're the Clippers, you're, you're, you're not happy about this because you needed more time to coalesce. I, I just think this affects every, you know. Well, I think I think Grant Durant left. is the giant thing here. Now, I, Rich Kleiman has come oh, out. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine that, Brian. How imagine. do you know? How do you know? Because his uh, agent just came out and said, why would you? And you I, risked your career last June, and it cost you mightily. Why would you even consider doing that again?
1: Plus, he wouldn't even have Kyrie. Kyrie's recovery would, well, I, I, I don't know. What's the, what's the exact timetable on that? I don't, I don't think Kyrie. I mean, they
2: declared him out for the season, but we didn't know what the season was at that time. I just can't imagine Sean Marks even going on board with that. He, he's, you've got to take the long view with a team that next year, if it's whole, has a chance to really do something. Why would you even tempt fate like that? I can't imagine. It. We don't just know, but
0: like, what happens if we don't start till July?
2: I, I still wouldn't do it, but that's just me. I mean, I would he'd, air he'd, so he'd, much. He'd on the be he'd a me.
0: year off of surgery.
2: He'd be a year off of surgery, Brian, but he wouldn't have played a single game, and then okay, you just go into but this chaotic I'm just atmosphere. I'm tell you that they
0: they floated the concept
2: of him playing for the Olymp- in the Olympics. I know they did. That would be July, and that was unwise. Well, that's a different conversation. Well, that's the conversation I'm trying to have with you, Mr. Wind Horse, and <laughs> well, you pause, Cut, I, I'm just telling you that I
0: – wouldn't it be interesting? Yeah. Clay Thompson? Well, that – you know, if they come back and only play a handful of games, that I don't think makes sense. Well, but, plus uh,
1: they don't uh, have – they are. won't be – I mean, they'd have to replay mm, the whole season then.
0: Maybe. <laughs> maybe. I mean, what if they decide to make this a 30-team thing?
1: You're Talking about just get old uh, Dinwiddie's bracket and go to town?
0: I mean, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, there's no way to know. I mean, I can't the, imagine that. The majority, I mean, we're gonna have a few things that we're just going to be honest about here in the rest of this podcast. One of them is that, um, the television deals
1: mm-hmm.
0: they, they really are wrapped around the volume of playoff games, and so. Even though they're you the know, national have, ones, yes. Well, the national ones are the ones that pay with the billion dollar, with the B, with the Bs, the bills, right? Um, and uh, granted, you want to fulfill your local TV contract, but most of those were played. TNT and ESPN want the playoff games; they want the volume of games. So, you know, uh, it le- they, they still would love to have four rounds of seven. If that's not feasible, and they just I don't need think a, it
2: is you think know. best of five or – I think that's going to be more – I, I think you're going to – I love best of five, by the way. I'm old enough to remember that. And it was fabulous. <laughs> well, it was that long ago, Jackie.
0: Jackie, Jackie we're, we're talking real talk tonight. Do you know why NBA teams play best of seven? Why? Because they
1: can't play best of nine? Because
2: yeah. they couldn't get away
0: with best of nine. No,
2: exactly. It's all money. I get that. So, but in this, um, in this instance – you know, you just might again. It all it, there's too many variables. <laughs> so to let,
1: let, let's be honest. If we could get best of five for the first couple rounds, and then go best of seven, I think everybody would be absolutely ecstatic given the circumstances.
0: I agree. I'm telling you, they're going to be in no rush. As long as that Larry O'Brien Trophy is given out before kickoff on NFL,
2: on, on NFL first NFL Sunday, I think they'll do it. Right, but no. you've got, you're assuming, I mean, the best case scenario now appears to be a mid-June start. We have no idea. We have no idea. Well, that's...
0: That's you know, best case.
2: Yeah, I think that is best case. So you still don't have, you know, you still need time to get that all done, my friend. Well, we'll see. But um, well. I'm just going to say,
0: good luck telling Kevin Durant that he's not going to play. He's going to want to play.
2: He's well, Sean play. Marks and, and Rich Kleiman need to be the adults in the room. A long way to go before
1: that. Okay, yeah, um, no, J- Jock Vaughn will tell him what's good for him. He, 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 he's, not, he's not afraid to rule with an iron fist.
0: Long tenured, uh, long tenured coach. So we are in the situation right now where drive throughs are quite valuable. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm not necessarily excited about uh, the breakfast that I'm making at home these days. Lots of uh, cereal and uh, you know heat them up in the uh, uh, toaster waffles we've all had our fair share of those sad types of breakfast of uh, the frozen trays you know day-old donuts protein bars plastic wrap stuff yuck but now that mcchicken breakfast sandwiches are at mcdonald's and on their breakfast menu you don't have to ever go back to that old breakfast life this is a breakfast worth getting up for. It's time to change your life for breakfast. Buttery, crispy McChicken biscuits and savory sweet chicken McGriddles are freshly prepared and now available nationwide at McDonald's. That's how you wake up breakfast and participate in McDonald's for a limited time. As we discussed earlier in the podcast, there's a lot of uncertainty in the sports world right now, but like the NBA, Goodyear knows no matter what road you're on, movement is the key to unlocking our potential, and we are going to keep moving forward. And we're going to keep you know, making this work because that's what we do. And um, growth isn't a straight line. It's a winding road traveled in pursuit of possibility. That's the way Goodyear looks at it. And that's why we all have to look at it. And that's why Goodyear's going to be with us. They're with us through world wars. They're with us through depressions. They're with us through the good times, They're with us through the bad times. And on the other end of this, Goodyear will be there. I promise you it. It's been there my whole life, and somebody from Akron, Ohio, very proud that Goodyear is involved with this podcast. It's time to discover the possibilities that lay ahead. Goodyear, more driven. So as long as we're, uh, as long as, we're, again, we're being honest tonight, I, I do want to touch You're on— You're implying that we're usually
1: not, Yeah, were you offense to.
2: I do but, as well.
1: I know no other way, Wendy.
0: Right, I understand. You're right.
2: Everybody knows it's windy. I've been dying to do that ever since we started this podcast. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) Um, I do think we should talk about the testing. Now, let me just say, Adam Silver, is part of his interview tonight, said that eight teams had been tested. The Lakers were tested on Wednesday. Um, They got the testing. Uh, The majority of those teams have used private labs, from what I understand. Um, The... The Utah Jazz, when they, um, they were tested that night in Oklahoma City, this, the state health department made the decision to test them there. Um, and uh, I believe the Toronto Raptors, although the Raptors have not publicly said anything, um, it's my understanding that the Toronto Raptors used the public um, – health system in Ontario perform the test. Having said that, uh, tests are more readily available in Canada than they are in the United States. at least they have been, uh, up until very recently. So, um, whatever that's worth to you. And of course in, uh, in Canada, it's all socialized health care. Um, and there's been a pushback to, to this. There's been frustration. Naturally, there's been frustration that the NBA teams are getting, um, so I don't know how you say it, special treatment. Um, here is you know, I, I'm talking about reality the reality is that if you have infinite resources of which the NFL and the NBA teams do and you can pay the full freight for a test which I believe I've seen reported is around $1,500 um, and you are powerful and um, have a lot of influence and have major marketing connections with hospitals and, um, and high-profile doctors uh, you're going to be able to cut the line, um, and uh, that's America. And uh, it's the same th- reason why NBA players can get injured and see specialists within hours, and you and I would have to wait weeks if not months. Um, they are able to do it. And um, uh, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying there shouldn't be a surprise. And since it's private testing, they believe that it, it is what it is. So, you know, uh, but there's been some criticism. Um, mayor uh, Bill de Blasio – is it de Blasio, right? De Blasio. The New York yes. mayor. Yeah. Um, he uh, criticized the Nets for being able to test it, and it is a very fair sentiment that the – why should people who can't get testing uh, have to wait? People who have symptoms when there are a bunch of people who are asymptomatic who can just buy the test because they're wealthy. It's a spectacular point. But Michelle Roberts, the um, – the head of the NBA players union really pushed back on de Blasio and uh, anybody other anybody else. Um, and in case you haven't seen the story, I will, uh, I will read you the quote. First off, de Blasio's quote was, we wish them a speedy recovery, but with all due respect, an entire NBA team should not get tested for COVID-19 when there are critically ill patients waiting to be tested. Test should not be for the wealthy, but for the sick. I think, everybody would agree with that. Um, and let me say what Donald Trump said about it today, because he was asked essentially the same thing. Um, he said, um, he was asked, do the well-connected go to the front of the line? And he said, no, I wouldn't say so, but perhaps that's the story of life. That does happen on occasion. And I've noticed where people have been tested very quickly. And, um, that's not something that you necessarily would want to hear the leader say. Uh, however, that story of life is, I think, an accurate statement. So that's the backdrop here. And so here's what Michelle Roberts said to Ramona Shelburne, and then you two can react to it, and I will as well. She said, among other things, she said, I get it. People should not be having to wait in line. The at-risk population should be the first to be tested. But goddammit. it if the government had done what they were supposed to do, we wouldn't be com- competing for an opportunity to be tested. I get it. If you're 65 years old and I'm 64 and you're symptomatic and you want to get tested, it must be difficult to hear about some youngins getting tested. I get that. And the players get that. But to the extent that there was some sort of effort to find out just her, how pervasive our infection was so that people would know, um, was important. So, Naturally, this is going to be a political football. Of course, <clears throat> Michelle Roberts is going to defend her players wanting to be tested. Um, and of course, uh, if you are a public official, especially a public official who doesn't control the volume of tests, you're going to criticize the volume of tests. Um, Jackie, what do you make of this? I mean, should you know what, what are NBA teams supposed to do
2: in this environment where there's such a shortage of tests, but they are able to get tested? Yeah, this is to me is, is difficult. Of course, Michelle is taking the position she's taking. I'd be disappointed in her if I were a player. If she didn't, that's her job and she's doing her job. And, uh, you know, this is tricky. And I'll tell you again, I you know, I'm here in Massachusetts where this thing is exploding. And the frustration level has been so high in Massachusetts because testing has not been available. And you worry about elderly people. Let's just start. For Never mind 65. Let's go up to 75, okay? I have a 94-year-old father and an 87-year-old mother who I can't get to right now. They're in Florida, and I can't sleep at night because I know if they were feeling sick, it would be difficult for them to get tested. That's just a fact because nobody cares that they're my parents. Nobody. They're just two elderly people living in Florida. Stand in line. There's a zillion of them. My own experience here in Massachusetts, I think I share with you guys, I came down with the flu, not the coronavirus, but I didn't know that at the time. I self, my my husband and I both weren't feeling well. We haven't gone anywhere in several days. We both had a mild fever that broke quickly. I ended up going to a minute clinic at CVS on Monday because I knew by then I didn't have the symptoms of the coronavirus, but I knew I had something. I had an ear infection and a sinus infection and some other stuff wrong with me. I'm now on antibiotics. I, I at one point talked with Andrew Hahn, and he said you need to get tested. And I told him it's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. And and I meant it. There even if I had really wanted to, and I did want to, I called. I called the number. They asked me some questions. I did not qualify. I did not qualify, even though I at that time I had a fever. I had the cough. I had some things going on. I hadn't been around. I hadn't been exposed to anybody. Even though, by the way, I was at the garden the night that Rudy. Gobert played the Boston Celtics. It's so difficult for the regular Joe to get tested. And don't worry about me. I'm a healthy person. Even with the flu, I'm healthier than 90% of, you know, people in that age group. So I understand why the mayor of New York City said that, because there are elderly people that are at such high risk because every minute counts, every hour counts, and those people can't get the test. So you can understand the frustration there. I do. I understand
1: it. Well, I absolutely understand the frustration. But to me, I agree with Michelle Roberts. The frustration shouldn't be directed toward the NBA players who are getting tested. It's absolutely you – know, this, this is a federal government issue. And so if, if you can buy tests, I'm not that smart. Why can't the federal government buy a ton of tests and have them available to people?
2: Yeah,
0: you know, well, the box. reason the reason that there's not enough tests is a complicated reason. It's not worth. It. We were not here to analyze that. I'm just more interested in what you think about what the NBA should do about this. I mean, Michelle Roberts is saying basically sorry, not sorry. And uh, Adam Silver was asked about this as well, and he gave a long-winded answer that, in my viewpoint, was basically dodging the question, which is probably what he should do because it's Absolutely. such a it's a hot Absolutely. such a hot potato.
2: Absolutely. Um, I mean, if you know, if I'm an NBA player and I was exposed, I played against one of these teams that now has players. Of course, I want to get tested. My livelihood depends on it. Uh, I get that. I get why they're doing that. And, you know, Trump is right. That's how this that's how America works. Sorry. It's just the truth.
0: Yeah, I, I actually, you know, uh, it was that statement. No matter what, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, you have to say that that statement was an accurate statement. It was. Um, so, what I would just say is, I'm going to take you to a time and place. Last week, Rudy Gobert tests positive. The NBA season is canceled. At that moment, the Utah Jazz were in their sixth city in the previous nine days.
2: Right. Right.
0: Um, And all those teams who had seen them, and probably a few days even before that, but they were in a particularly high-volume travel period in their schedule, all of those teams, you know how the players must have felt. Just put yourself in their shoes, okay? And I'm not saying that every player and every team felt that way, but I can promise you, I know that there were certain players and coaches who were like, oh, bleep, and what do I do to get tested, and, you know, if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder, for example, they did not test it. They were sent home, okay, and said, go to quarantine. And there, they, I've talked to some of their, their staff members. They didn't know what to do. They, they, some of them went and got hotel rooms. Some of them went home, um, and were afraid to talk to their wife and kids. Uh, Royce Young told me a story about one of the Thunder, um pers- afraid to come out and meet up with his wife and kids that he was on FaceTime with them from the bedroom to outside the bedroom for that day. So if you're in that situation, of course you're going to want to get tested. You know, And um, they got tests on a private lab, and they all tested negative, by the way. They announced it today. It took almost a week to get the test back. Um, what do you expect them to do? They're all – you know, for the most part, they're all people of means uh they wanted to to be assured or to know what their situation was i mean i I don't know what are they supposed to do are they supposed to say no not me i don't think that's realistic um i think all of us in that boat would go and if if i thought i had the virus and i couldn't get it uh i'm not saying that i wouldn't pay the 1500 dollars either uh if that's what it took um I'm well, just I'm being
2: tell- honest. Yeah, and honestly, those tests weren't available in Massachusetts. Even the private tests, they were not available here. Just telling you. Yeah, but not I will tell beginning. you something
0: else. That this exact scenario, I, I, I can, I watch China, watch Italy, watch other places. This exact scenario played out in England, um, and other places in Europe, but in England, where um, people were having difficulty getting test and in 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 England is socialized medicine, um, and uh, soccer clubs were getting tested, and people who had symptoms were not. Um, Idris Elba, who's the uh, um, actor, very well respected actor, he announced that he had the virus. Uh, people couldn't get tested, and uh, he was he was asymptomatic. You know, um, so I understand that many teams have to be sensitive, but I I, I understand why they're also defensive. Uh, and I, I haven't heard about baseball teams. I haven't I haven't heard complaints about baseball teams. I haven't heard about complaints about hockey teams. Well,
1: and there are hockey teams that are being tested. You know, yeah. they, they they've had their first positive coronavirus test in uh in the NHL
0: as well. Yeah, uh, for some reason, uh, the NBA, you know, just so high profile, and also the high profile names, you know, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, for example. When um, something like I mean, that even, happens, even Rudy Gobert, Donovan
1: Mitchell, you know, a couple, that's a couple of all stars. You know, what, what's well, scary is if you start thinking, OK, seven NBA players have tested positive and you start doing the math. Well, what if that's represent and then you start that, that's millions of people if if those percentages so if you hold up.
0: With you, we don't know how many NBA players have been tested. There's other teams out there that haven't announced there. Okay, seven. seven, There's seven confirmed positive tests, I should say. Even if you do that math,
1: that you start getting to the millions real quick.
0: Um, So, uh, and you know, the NBA player who I suspect—I don't know for sure but the first coronavirus test was Steph Curry. Um, uh, He was sick. He played his first uh, game. He he came back game. He was sick and. they were worried about it, and San Francisco uh, is a hotspot. Was a hotspot then, and they got him tested. And um, I talked to the Warriors. The Warriors right now won't even confirm that he was tested, but back in that moment in time, um, Steve Kerr pretty much said that he was. It's and a uh, thing. that's just a of privacy course, privacy thing, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, um, but then,
1: but, but they announced that it was not
0: coronavirus, which you know, he start. Well, you know, there, you don't have to test for the coronavirus necessarily to uh, to say that. But whatever. The point is, um, it's a quagmire. I don't know what the answer is. Um, uh, I just, I am sympathetic to both sides. And I'm just saying, like, the idea that young millionaires with influence and access would not take advantage of that in this situation is not realistic. So uh, I wish we had... Something more enjoyable to talk about, and I'm, we're going to strive to find it. But uh, that was the the news today, and I, I think we'll hear more about this cause, because I think there will be probably reaction to what Robert Michelle Roberts said, um, and there will also be reaction to, um, to, to reaction to reaction. Um, before we go, we are in serious times here, and everything that Jackie and Tim said is correct, and uh, this is this is our reality. But I do especially as we get a couple of days away from the cancellation here, I, I do want this to be an escape to a certain extent. Um, there's enough bad news. We'd, I'd like it for you to be able to come to this podcast and, and be able to have a little bit of escape and a little bit of fun. We're not going to ignore important news that affects the NBA like we did tonight. Um, all right. Well, thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jackie. Um, special thank you to Troy Marcus, who's, going above and beyond to produce this and uh, Andrew Hahn for setting up the hotline thank you listening to the Hoop Collective we will talk to you very soon